0: Tell me to your bed. and welcome to the bedpost podcast i'm your host as always aaron pym here at the podcast what i like to do is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me before i introduce my guest today i want to uh just alert you over to my patreon page which is super new and i'm um what I'm doing for Patreon subscribers is, like, little half-hour solo episodes about my um, personal, like, polyamorous life and also my professional life as a pro-dom. Uh, that's right, folks, say dominatrix. So uh, if you like to hear me speak <laughs> and you want some more content, or, um, you know, on the flip side of that, you just want to, like... Throw me some money, honey. Uh, if you're you've been a listener of the podcast, um, yeah, it's like over three years I've been doing this. But I decided just now that I do a Patreon. So if you've been listening, you know, if you want and you want to support the artist, you have a way to do that now at Patreon.com/slash/TheBedPostShow, um, and I'll mention that again at the end of the podcast too. And I'm so excited for this guest. Um, <laughs> they have a lot of knowledge and experience in a lot of different fields and a lot of different places. It kind of in the sex and sexuality sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, please welcome to the mic, drag and burlesque performer and upcoming holistic practitioner, Kit. Hello, thank hey,
1: Kit. How are you? Good. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm so good. Uh, good. Your smile just like makes me want to smile. Like, <laughs> It's so contagious. Oh, that's
0: very sweet. Yeah, I um maybe we can give some context as to how we came across each other?
1: Yeah, well, I think we kind of, like, talked earlier. From my recollection, our first meeting was at a friend's, like, sexy kink party. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of organized these, like, they're adult dinners, essentially, and, like, stress on the word adult. <laughs> uh, so i had been going there a couple of times, and then they, I just randomly showed up in my little kitty outfit, ready to get spanked.
0: Yep. And Ears. you happen to be
1: in the audience. Ears, butt-plugged tail, down, Everything, yep. the whole nine yards, wash packs, concierge in that getup. Uh, so yeah, that was that was like our first. I think from my recollection again of like meeting in person and then i yeah. started following you on social media after that and like our, our paths have just crossed Um
0: yeah like we different. run into each other at oasis yes you know yeah, yeah a exactly.
1: bunch yep yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah we're both sexy fun people <laughs>
1: exactly we like put some... ourselves in that category
0: <laughs> <laughs> and okay um oh one of the places we wanted to start today mm-hmm. is with your coming out stories because yes. how do you identify it's... do you the labels or do you
1: I love the labels. You love the labels? I really do and I feel like there's this huge controversy over labels you're either you love it or you hate it I don't think that there's a lot of middle ground that people have with it it's either they really don't want to label themselves and they maybe don't see too much of a point of it which I totally respect that point of view as well if that's how you feel but for me I find that labels are actually really helpful in terms of not encompassing everything that who you are but having a sliver of an identification of of who you know certain aspects of who you are um so for me like I think it's important being somebody who's non-binary wanting to be uh referred to as the right pronouns someone needs to know that label of mine yeah so that's why I find them helpful so I do identify as non-binary I'm pansexual Polyamorous, and just recently coming out as demisexual. Mm-hmm. So I've had all, and they've kind of come in different like years of birth in my life.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So the the first was just coming out as bi when I was, um, gosh, it was early, like I was in grade six.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And.
1: Yes. It was interesting because I knew sitting down with my mom and my dad and my sister that for the most part, I didn't have any fear of, you know, being rejected. I just was more so letting them know. But I did have an understanding that my grandparents, my grandpa being a retired minister and them going to church all the time. Also, my mom having brothers that were very religious, there was this Mm -hmm. kind of underlining sense of, like, well, thank you for letting us know, and we will love you, but just be wary around these other people in your family kind of thing. So I didn't tell them, and years later, I stopped going to church because my preconceived notion was just everything that you saw in media and growing up as a queer person, also in... um, uh, a time where technology was just taking off as well. You're just shown all these different portrayals of, um, you know, just different aspects of the world. So my thought was, well, if you're religious, you don't like gay people.
0: Mm-hmm. They are in conflict. Those two identities yeah, were in conflict. Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. And, and this um, was like
0: Catholicism, or
1: this was I, my grandparents actually go to a uni- United Church. Okay. And what happened was, I found out that they were making that church affirming. They were going to P flag meetings every mm. month. They were um, walking in the Pride Parade. Like they were so involved in the queer community, okay. and I had no idea. Wow! And so then I finally just came out to them. I was like, Well, of course you fucking accept like wow. <laughs> this stuff like uh and i had but i had no and they were doing it not even knowing that i was on yeah. the queer spectrum at wow. all they were just they my grandparents they come to my drag shows they come to my burlesque shows they're the cutest little nuggets in the world wow and i am so i'm so lucky because my story is really rare yes. like i have such a healthy balance of Faith and more so for what I would call it Spirituality mm-hmm. and Queerdom in my life I have like, a really healthy balance So that was kind of my first coming out Was really pretty easy breezy Yeah but then I came out as polyamorous, <laughs> and I remember sitting in the car, and it was after i had had, like, a date with some guy that was, like, my third boyfriend or whatever, and I just decided to tell my mom and sister, like, you know, by the way, like, I'm polyamorous, and they're like, what? No! Like, how could you love more than one person? da 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 Like, just kind of in a rampage of really not understanding it. Wow. And as the years went by, I would introduce them to different partners, and... Uh, a lot of them I really loved I flipped and flopped between polyamory and monogamy for a really long time
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was in like some committed monogamous relationships for like two to three years and then I'd go back to polyamory and kind of it, it was yeah it was an interesting transitioning trying to like navigate that but I finally have found um what I we've now used the term anchor but I was a uh, for a long time using just primary partner cuz that's what I'd been exposed to and that was my understanding of of polyamory um, mm-hmm. and we're engaged and congratulations thank you so now i feel really <laughs> secure in my polyamory even though there's been there's been a lot of bumps in the roads especially for me and my anchor partner um, j- navigating being the being more of each other's primary uh engagement of of intimacy than other partners that we have and like what that means to us. Yeah. Um so that's yeah, that's been interesting. Um I go more on the side of like wanting a contract and guidelines. Okay. And he's much more easy breezy and casual. So it's kind of trying to bridge yes. that gap. <laughs> yeah. So that's been interesting to navigate.
0: Yeah. And uh, we'll talk way more about yeah, that. We'll I feel like our, our I yeah, feel like Yeah, I feel like a se- our second half will talk a lot about this poly stuff because yeah. I'm also I'm married to my nesting partner, right. my primary partner. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure we've got a lot to so say about to, that. Yeah,
1: just to, to
0: commiserate over. <laughs> so That's it's true. interesting though that um, yeah, coming out about an identity thing such as bisexuality, mm-hmm. your family was totally chill with, totally but you chill. coming out as Polly was like what? What?
1: And then the non-binary thing was even like, but I've been calling you my daughter my whole life, I've been calling you she my whole life, and so many of my family members were really as resistant to it, and as a young kid, like, I was still pretty young. How old were you? I must, like, I mean, my my dad had passed when I was 18, so a lot of things kind of spiraled out of that afterwards, and I... Came out as non-binary not soon after that, I'm pretty sure. Because I did for Movember, since my dad died of suicide, they have for Movember now also like a mental health campaign as well as for prostate cancer. And my grandpa actually had prostate cancer as well. So a lot of it for me tied into Movember. And I just decided one day that I was going to um, dress and drag for the entire month of November and raise money and awareness for the... November movement, and that was my coming out. So it was pff, I, I, kind of my personality is a pendulum. I either it's not uh, everything or nothing, yeah. right? So when I came on as non binary, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna do drag for the entire mm-hmm. month, <laughs> like wear a mustache all day, do yeah. nothing about makeup, like got <laughs> a friend to help me, and like totally butchered it the entire month that I was doing it. um But it was, it was, that was like tough because I really like put it in the face of my mom, and I've come to an understanding that. When I present things to her, it needs to be in a little bit more of a gentle way, and mm-hmm. I think that that actually ties into a lot of the movement that's happening right now in society, and why I'm so connected to spirituality and uh, and holistics, is because there is this time where like there was such this like anger and like hatred and like so much fight that had to go on for movement to happen. I totally understand that for like um, for minority groups for sure, but I think we're coming to a place now where it really is truly about peace, and we're trying to, you know, push the envelope with certain things, but in a peaceful way, and mm-hmm. that's, that, that's where I'm trying to do with my relationship with my mom, because I really, like, hit her hard with the non-binary thing, and, um, we struggled for a lot with her understanding it, but mm-hmm. she's finally come around, and I think that we so easily say that, you know, we can't change one person's mind and that when people are so set in their ways that there's no way to change people's mind and I really disagree with that. I think Mm -hmm. that because we've been coming from a position of like such hard hitting all the time that that's why we've met resistance. Right. So yeah, that's kind of
0: Can you tell me exactly what you told her? Like what
1: I said What did you say? Yeah. Um I had started to meet a couple more non-binary people in my life who had this identification of using they pronouns, and it just really, like, it resonated to a core with me Mm -hmm. so much that it almost... I almost felt cheated out of my, you know, very young adolescence, um, like, prepubescent years of not knowing about these terms, of being the tomboy that was made fun of, of getting dumped in grade 6 because I cut my hair, like things like that that like and that it was always you know it was just a phase and that I would become more feminine as I grew up and that I don't know if that's everybody's story but I feel as though some people might find slivers of resonance within that that they identify with and I think that if you if I would just known earlier it would have saved me from a lot of confusion and hurt um so, yeah, when I, when I sat her down, I just said, like, I've heard of this term non-binary. It's what I now identify with. And I'd like to use the pronouns they, them. And that just kind of immediately turned into, well, don't expect that because I've, I've always referred to you this this way. Um, but it slowly turned into, you know, I'm really trying hard to use the pronouns. And and my mom just, just like, she is like pronoun queen now nice like, she doesn't even refer to my sister as her anymore because she's just so used it's to using all they. they it's all, all day. they like <laughs> everybody is, is they now so it's pretty it's it's kind of cool to see that transition and again i think this is what contests to what's happening in society right now is that you have you have these people in power Not to allude to
0: (laughs) any one particular (laughs) person, Uh. person.
1: but a lot of what, um, like, my professors in the school that I'm going to for holistics are saying, you know, there's a reason for a lot of this, like, opposition happening right now because it's calling us, it's almost forcing us to have this other wave of, like no, 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 we're not going to take that BS anymore. And this is the way that it should be. Um, But if things were just always, like, kind of a little bit balanced all the time, the pendulum wouldn't swing to that far left of acceptance, of you would just be stuck in this, like, weird middle ground all the time. Right. Um, So I think the reason why my mom really kind of came to understanding is because we needed a little bit of that, like, friction at the beginning of trying to, like, come from both sides of it and meet somewhere in the middle yeah yeah
0: how do you think that has she communicated to you like what was going on in her head to kind of make that journey right to being like oh i i will never call you they like i will never use they them to being like the champion of they them yeah. like does she correct other people she does i'm sure she does and yeah. she
1: they're the funniest conversation recently and she she's just like Okay, so I'm talking to people about you, and they think that you're two people. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm calling you they, and they think I'm talking about both you and Jenny, Yeah. and it's just, it's, it's not making sense to them, so I, I, I explain it, right? And then I'm talking about you and your fiancé, and your multiple other partners, and that, and they're floored by that. And then she goes, I think what really gets them is that when I tell them that you're flexitarian... that's the one that's the one that i'm like what how is that the one that like confuses them the most she's like well what do you eat what do you do and i'm like you know what at this point i don't even know like all these labels are just they're they're piling up they're even confusing me like oh man yeah, she's, she's, she has a good sense of humor. Oh, that's
0: very sweet. That's yeah. really lovely. Has that generally been your reaction when you tell people either that you're poly or that you're non-binary or that you're pan? Yeah. Is that generally the idea? Kind of a little resistance and then coming around and being like, oh no, I can... This isn't that hard for me to remember they. Yeah. Like, and it's not also a good thing to bring up is like, it's not a huge deal if you screw up. Right. If the intention is that you want to learn it and, you know, want to use the proper pronouns, that's what matters. Like, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a huge thing if you screw up. Like, if you screw up, okay, screw up and then be like, and then correct yourself.
1: And then, yeah, just move past it.
0: It's great to see somebody correct themselves. It's like, wow, that even that is a huge step. Like, huge. so don't worry like right away that you're going to get it wrong. Like yeah. eventually your brain will figure it out. Like yeah. with anything. It's a habit. Yeah, it's yeah. just a new habit. Your a new pathway your brain has to like
1: Totally. connect you know yeah because even i get it wrong like, yeah and people that just assume that when you identify this way that then you're just like holier than thou and you're like always get it right for everybody and that's not the case yeah. and if i'm in a, a situation where you know i've just flubbed or messed up in some way and the person reacts in such an aggressive you know upset you know it's almost like whoa whoa like i'm i'm i, I am on your team though like i'm i just Happen to make a human error. It's
0: a, I'm a human. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And I've become much more understanding now. I think at the beginning, I was really gun ho for my mom to just get it right away. Like I was almost offended that she didn't, because it was this idea of unconditional love. And if you do love me unconditionally, then you'll just get it right away. Mm-hmm. But now, looking back and reflecting, I could have been a little bit more gentler through that process.
0: Where do you think that came from, that, like, need or that, you know, for her to just get it? Like, come on, mom. Like, uh,
1: I think I'm just like that in, in so many situations where uh, I just... I. I think also being like having a a background of being bullied all my Mm -hmm. life it's kind of like I need to get my point across and I need to be the bigger more aggressive Mm -hmm. more like in your face person so that because it it almost went through a process of like standing up for myself and so and also just being like really passionate and wanting to be like an advocate for certain things but I've learned to turn like even though I called it passion, it was coming across as aggression, I've turned that passion to come across in a peaceful way. Yeah. I think, they're, like, passion and peace need to be more associated together than, like, passion and aggression, right? That, like, that those tend to be become misconstrued.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think it's just kind of this, like, hero-shield complex that, that comes out of me as, like, wanting and yearning to be understood and wanting it to happen right away because I wasn't so much, you know, growing up. I think there's just a lot that I didn't understand about myself, and I think that everyone can kind of contest to those, like, awkward high school stages and, like, being a weird, pimply, like, know-it-all kid and Mm -hmm. uh, being into things that not everyone was into and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's probably probably where it comes from.
0: And what are the ways that labels tend to like really serve you and help you in your life?
1: Yeah like I think um one of the ones that I was like bisexuality slowly turned into pansexuality once I just met more people within the queer community that I was like oh you don't fit in this one box but I'm attracted to you so what does that mean? And then you know you come you come to understand the term pansexuality so you're like yeah okay that fits me um but with demisexual that I've like come out with recently, it's been really helpful in my polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some people that I come across, um, in more of just like the open relationship scenario where, uh, it's, a, they have a beautiful relationship with a partner, but more so they're looking to have open relationships where it's more about intimacy and sex. Um, and that's their agreement, which is, great and beautiful in its own right but for me I need to have the emotional connection first I need to have the intellectual connection to be able to then connect with somebody on a sexual level Mm -hmm. so I find that having that in like a bio on Bumble or on Tinder or some of the other like I've found her and a new one called hashtag open. Cool. So to put that in my bio then somebody can come across to it and go yes no based on their own experience with what they're looking for out of a relationship. Yeah,
0: so if they're wanting a hookup or right. like a friend with benefits, you know, where there's no like emotional attachment, mm-hmm. they might be like, oh, this is not the person for me.
1: And I think I think that just nicks it. Ideally, in the back. Yeah. ideally. <laughs> totally, and I would say the same to th- like, you know, that's not a situation that I can easily, you know, I'm not I can't provide that for you. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I'm, you know, available for. Um, yeah. so it's, it's definitely been like helpful in that regard to just kind of nick it in the butt early. Yeah. Um, so that you're just not wasting anybody's time. Like for I sure. just, that's what I get so frustrated with the like dating world right now is I just feel as though like people don't present themselves honestly enough and like in an upfront way, but then you're just, I don't know. I just feel like it's a waste of time. Yeah.
0: Like, let's, yeah, let's communicate, uh, like, early, openly early, like, so that, yeah, because, like, we're all busy fucking people, like, come on, like, don't let, let's not get emotionally invested before things come out that are potentially deal breakers, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that has happened so many times for me (laughs) as a poly person. It's like, oh my good God. Um, (laughs) but, um, okay. And, and what do you think are ways that labels that people may not be into labels? Like, Mm -hmm. are there reasons that, or are there times where you find, found that it's kind of difficult
1: to, to to,
0: like have, yeah, have all these labels,
1: A little bit, yeah, because it gets confusing for people who, especially, I think, that aren't in the community. Like, I talked about earlier with my mom saying, well, I tell them that you're this, and then I tell them that you're that, and then it's just, like, it's all these things, but... When you, when you break down a person, when you first, when you meet them in the first couple of minutes, what are you talking about? You're talking about their interests, what they do for work, what their background is, what their childhood stories were. All those encompass a person and add aspects and different labels that pop up into your head when you start hearing somebody's story. So I feel as though, um even though it can be confusing for some people, in the long run, it's not a hindrance. It really does uh, help people understand me even more so, and maybe even in a more in-depth way than people who don't feel like they identify with this. Like, I've always feel really blessed to be part of the queer community. I think it's the coolest community. I think there's so much going on. I think that they're, like, it... it um, Encompasses so many different types of individuals, mm-hmm. whether whether from uh, race or background or f- religion following. It's you you can still be a part of this huge amalgamation of different people, mm-hmm. and I just feel so like lucky to be like, for lack of a better word, like that interesting of a human. <laughs> 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 like I just feel like it's cool, you know. Like yeah. I just. Uh, do you yeah. ever
0: have people kind of misunderstand when you say say um you're pansexual
1: mm-hmm. and
0: people have an idea of what pansexual means in their head and they're like okay sure but the thing that they're thinking is not
1: right like yeah. like do you
0: ever feel that you need to define your label or right. that one label can mean a thousand different things. Like, it's more of an umbrella term, like...
1: Well, non-binary, for sure, gets a lot. I think it's very umbrella, and there's so many different things. Like, there's even one that I came across that I think was, like... Um, like, not pansexual, but it was, like, pan-binary or something like that. Okay. And, and there's a couple... I should send you... The, this person does this, like, artistry on Instagram and puts up all these, like, de- different definitions within, like, kind of the queer umbrella. Cool. Um, so, sometimes, yeah, having to define it in your what it means means for you you, personally i haven't gotten that so much recently just because i feel like i'm more and more surrounding myself with people who get it and are in the community and kind of already have that understanding there's not too much education that i have to do but i remember on tinder one time like somebody saw that i was non-binary and he literally was like so do you have a penis
0: yeah right (laughs) i was like right
1: Why are you
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I do. It it doesn't have blood in it, but I do have a penis. Yes, to answer your question. Yeah, it's like
0: also why would you ask that to a stranger? Yeah, Um, why is that your first question? Why would that be a first question, first of all? Yeah, like
1: people are wild.
0: People are yeah, people are too much. And then one other question I had about, about um, coming out and about labels, you know, how you came out as bi and then it kind of morphed into pan, Right. you know, did you have an issue kind of um, now that you've chosen a label and you identify with the label and then kind of changing your, either changing your definition right. of it or it morphing into something else and you, you having to like change a label, has that been an issue for you or something that you were totally cool with
1: it was at first just because i had been um had been in situations uh intimate situations with people who weren't on like the boy girl specific like spectrum they were you know somewhere in between um and i i kept coming up with like oh well you know is it the person or is it that I truly am bisexual and that I I am only attracted to somebody who is biologically a man or biologically a woman? Mm -hmm. Um, But then later on, it's like, I did start actually sparking real true attraction and connections with people who, again, were on the spectrum. And it kind of was like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes it it is just the person. And I think that's what people... um, who maybe aren't in the community a lot of the times, uh, kind of misconstrue. Well, oh, you're bisexual or you're pansexual you're into everybody. Like right. you're you you're the. A lot of the times you hear like greedy gets thrown around a lot, and uh, that you know. And then there's this kind of like locker room talk of oh, if they're attracted to everybody, well, we don't want them staring because they could be possibly you know looking at me. And right. it's it's always like no, like I'm not. Th- I don't find every single... <laughs> so dumb. Li- yes. Yeah, it's such a, like, so silly... Li- you're not attracted to every single person either who...
0: Yeah, say girls. you're into girls. Like, yeah. are you literally attracted to every I... single living, breathing female that you see? Of course you're not. No! <laughs>
1: Ugh. So that was that probably has been like one of the obstacles kind of trying to to explain it to people, especially being polyamorous too, because right. then that adds a whole other layer. Of it like, doesn't
0: even matter if you're in a relationship, you'll <laughs> still find everyone attractive, yeah, it's like no,'m yeah.
1: well,
0: actually very selective. <laughs> I'm well, very picky. Uh, I'm so picky. Uh, me too. oh my God. like
1: with bumble, my uh <laughs> partner is always like, just swipe for all of them and then see who you connect with, and then no. and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I will be my selective self over here. Let me live my life.
0: I love it. Okay, we should take a break, sure. Kit, and then I would love to come back in the second half and chat, Polly, with you. Definitely, if you're into it, totally love into it. it. All right, we're gonna take a break, and you're gonna hear from some of our lovely, lovely sponsors for our podcast, um, and we'll be right back with Kit.
2: Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com provocateur images is the official boudoir photography studio of bedpost to receive 10 percent off your next studio session use the coupon code bedpost that's b-e-d-p-o-s-t for more information and to see the gorgeous shots that are possible at this studio check out provocateurimages.ca or follow them at provocateur underscore images on instagram
0: Welcome back to the Bed Post Podcast. I'm here with Kit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And we're going to take the second half to, you know, I, I, we can go on to whatever topics we want to <laughs> naturally, but we definitely want to start with talking about polyamory. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Are you able to tell me kind of what your first experiences with poly Totally. Are am.
1: Remember it vividly. My- <laughs> it, was just, it, was so, it was one of those moments, again, with like the non-binary thing where I was like, Frank, if I had just known about this earlier, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. would have saved so much heartache. Yeah. And it was a friend of mine and I went to Oasis for the first time, like in the middle of the day on like a Sunday or something. <laughs> we didn't take off our clothes. We just wandered around the club, just kind of checking it out. Who was really dead not a lot of people around but just some of the staff kind of meandering cleaning doing whatnot and there was this one guy who kind of caught our eye and we all just kind of stopped what we were doing and sat down on the the beds there and started chit-chatting about whatnot and our lives and who we were and he started talking about his primary partner and that he was polyamorous and this and that and as he was explaining it it was another one of those moments where it just really resonated with me to the core of wow like that is something that I could see myself doing and that I could have been doing for a really long time now if I had just known about this term or if kind of more people even like knew about it themselves too and Mm -hmm. and accepted it
0: yeah and knew that it was like an option for us basically
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if I had known about non-binary as an option, if I would known about polyamory as an option, like, we've kind of both contested to, it would have avoided a lot of heartache.
2: Yes. Um. Meaning
1: so. meaning
0: what for you specifically? Because I know yeah. for me it was, like, cheating was happening. And it
1: was for me as well that I was ended up being the cheater in a yeah. lot of the relationships because I just wasn't being fulfilled completely, and I was seeking other fulfillment through different relationships but knowing that it wasn't okay because it wasn't known about and it wasn't accepted and it wasn't something that I even thought that I could have a conversation with my partners about yeah
0: you thought you'd be hurting the person just by bringing it up I want to yeah. see other people that means that we're breaking up yeah for me like I had a couple I had some cheats for sure but another thing for me that would happen was like I would Kind of be cheating with someone And then I would break up with that Old person to go Date the new person Because I was like, I was also going through a thing Where I'm like, okay, like I'm a really ethical person that only has sex in relationships and Mm -hmm. when they're in love, Mm -hmm. and, like, I would always, I'd, like, piggyback these relationships right after, one after the other, Mm -hmm. moving on to the next person, to be like, no, it's for love, and it's like, (laughs) okay, well, no, you were attracted to the person wanted to fuck the person, and ideally, you would have been fucking both of them, and if you knew that that... You know, for some people, that would have been cool if you would have just communicated that and created a relationship where that may have been possible. Like that would have been that could have been out there for you. So you could have not hurt those people (laughs) if you were better about it (laughs) and, and knew about it
1: and knew yeah knew how to navigate it as well. Like I think what's really important about delving into a lot of these different lifestyles for me, in particular, my opinion would be around especially. And kink is that you have some sort of mentorship around it. I think Mm -hmm. that that can be a really integral piece in terms of you navigating your path in a really healthy way. Yeah, Um, Yeah,
0: make a good poly friend.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not that everything's going to be perfect, because I don't think Polly looks the same for everybody. No, not at all. They could give you some advice that isn't going to work for you, but at least you have some sort of, like, construct or idea of what it looks like, and then you can kind of... Add your own ingredients to the recipe and change it along the way.
0: And even just to know that, like, to have, mm-hmm. say, if you have a poly friend and the poly friend is t- is saying to you, like, it doesn't have to look one way. It can mm-hmm. look like the two of you can figure out and navigate exactly what works for you. I, yeah. at, me as a young person, I would have been like, like mind blown. <laughs> I would have been like, really? Yeah. Oh my god! Because. Even, like, when you say poly, some people think they know what that means in their right. head, right? Yeah. They think, you know, like, I've, I have had guests on the podcast previously where they're like, um, I'm just going to call out Daniel James right now. <laughs> <laughs> Him on the podcast was like, he's not a poly person, so I don't know why I was talking about this, but he was like, uh, as far as I see it, poly works two ways, oh. you know? And then he said the two ways, and I was like, "Ah." actually (laughs) like me speaking as a poly person both my husband and I practice it two different ways and our partners practice it even more different ways and it's like it can literally look like anything
1: yeah and that's what's even more difficult about it what i'm finding right now is the people coming at it different ways and being in a relationship with each other and coming at it from completely different ways um like i had mentioned to you before we we started talking uh on the podcast was just that like my primary partner is very casual and laid back about it Mm -hmm. where i need some sort of guideline and contract mm-hmm. along with how we're figuring out our relationship and I think that is because we we're we have such a strong connection with, the, with each other recognizably stronger than what we have with other people and, and I don't feel weird saying that I feel like most people in our life recognize that as well. I don't think that they would be too off-brand to be like, well, you know, I'm really connected with, (laughs) with, uh, you know, with my partner, you know, more so than than other people and because of that connection it brings up a lot of more more feelings more yeah. emotions around what our relationship is not to say that i don't have certain feelings and emotions that do come up in my other relationships but they are more amplified with the person that you know right now i'm engaged to i have plans of living with i have you know a lot of other like future plans that i foresee mainly with this person continuing on where Some other relationships, they come and go, they do stay for a long time, but it's not something where we're seeing each other every day or that we have these plans to move in together, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that's where kind of a lot more of the emotion comes from in in terms of my relationship with... I I have, I struggle using anchor partner, he wants to use anchor partner, and I keep using primary, and so yeah. this is where the even conflict that, arises. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
0: even that. <laughs> even I'm, I'm lucky that, like, I used to say, yeah, I used to say nesting partner, because we live together. Right. Um, But now I can just say husband, which is yeah. a nice, a nice thing that I don't even have to choose, like...
1: I guess I can just say fiancé.
0: A thing to say, yeah, yeah. you could say fiancé.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean
0: cuz like yeah. I'd always say partner. I'd say partner for so long. Um and then I'd say yeah, I uh, I used to use partner for like Matt, my husband, and then I'd use like boyfriend, girlfriend
1: mm-hmm. for
0: other people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um because in my head even though he was technically my boyfriend at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's like when you've seen someone from over five years, it's like, boyfriends yeah. seem so, like, trivial and, yeah. like, you know, like, um, so, yeah, and then people would get confused because people who are not aware of, like, poly behaviors, they're like, wait, so you're business partner? When I say partner, they're like, it took me forever. Like, they're not even listening to what I'm saying because when I said partner, they're like, for five minutes, they're like trying to think of whether I mean business partner or whether I mean, what do I mean by partner? And then yeah. and then they catch up like five minutes later and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I was not paying attention. I just finally figured out you are talking about your boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, oh,
1: yeah. Lord. Yeah, definitely has happened a couple of times, Yeah, for sure. And I you know now fiance is easier and it's, it's also still exciting for us because it's relatively new and people oh. in our life are still like, finding out about it and family still excited about it and stuff. And there's, you know, a lot of conversation over what the marriage is going to look like. Yeah. But that's the thing too, is that we're so like involved and so connected with each other that it like m- more, I don't want to say like issues or problems, but there's certain things that then just like arise within the relationship of like questioning, like, okay, well, when we live together, what does it look like in terms of our dating situation? Do we bring mm-hmm. people home? Do we go to their place? Yep. Like,
2: For sure, a
0: conversation needs to happen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we we struggled with that. Um, I, at this time, we're just like, we just would both feel comfortable if we just don't play at our place. Right. So, yeah. like, we but we had to come to that because yeah. at first it was like... Well, it was hard for me to do that, because mm-hmm. I usually saw partnered people, and they didn't have a place to play either, right. and, like, in our dynamic, like, he, early on, he wasn't, a vi- he wasn't, Matt wasn't comfortable with me playing publicly, like, at Oasis, for example, right. so for me, it was kind of like, I need to play at our place. Yeah, um, Matt usually sees single people, so that's not an issue for him, right. and then, but it eventually came around to, it's just easier because it's like then if you're using our place it's like okay you need to wash the sheets then and like you know does it feel just as weird as you know like like as if you've walked in on them if I've come home to Matt washing the sheets is like Mm -hmm. you know is does that feel weird and it's like just in general it was a better choice for us to keep it a little more separate yeah like Because I think even at the point, we were kind of forcing relationships with, like, the paramours, or, I mean, the metamours. Um, Interesting. Whereas now, we kind of do keep it a little more separate. And that's where we've found out over years. That it's a little more comfortable for us, where it's like, I'm cool if I just see his, like, he has a long-term girlfriend, so I'm cool if I see her out and about, you know, or at a show, if we both attend the show, but, like, I don't need to hang out with her. Like, the three of us don't need to hang out and create this really intimate bond. Like, I'm cool, I like her a lot, and, you know, I don't need any more than that from her, like, Mm -hmm. me personally. Mm -hmm. I need to know I can trust her, and I need to know she's a good person, and... That she's not going to, you know, b- do terrible things to Matt. Yeah. That's, like, what I need to know.
1: <laughs> That's always my main concern, too, is just that the other person is treating my partner with, like, some sort of level of respect. And
0: yeah, yeah, the care. utmost in care and, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, in love. Yeah. And then definitely. if I know that, then I'm like, great, yeah. cool. You guys do whatever, honestly. Like,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. For yeah. sure. That's my concern as well. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So yeah, our main, like, we don't have hardly any rules, but our, mm. our one rule that has stuck around is just that we don't play at our place with other partners.
1: Yeah. And I think that he kind of like raised, um, an interesting point for me is that, there's this misconception that like jealousy doesn't happen at all in polyamorous relationships and that just like feelings in general don't happen. And I think what I'm finding right now with my fiance is that we started out the relationship with this level of like, you know, casualness and easygoingness, but that now we've fallen more and more in love with each other and started talking about all these hopes and dreams that we have for the future. And it just only makes sense that there's going to be a certain level of emotion, or if you want to call it jealousy, that happens when we start connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still very much believe that poly is what will work for us because we're just these very lovable beings Mm -hmm. that want to be loved and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that we find that through the expression of being with other people. Yeah. But I just, yeah, there's just this point now where I'm the, like, we've started talking about a contract, and I think that for me, that'll be really helpful in terms of, not having so many things arise unexpectedly mm-hmm. like you can kind of pre be preemptive about the situation yeah to
0: and, a point I'm sure stuff will still come up that totally. you never even thought of but. well and
1: that's why the contract started being talked about to begin with because things started happening where for example there's this restaurant near my fiance's place that we go to all the time great okay. Italian we love the food we love the bread and oils there are like really reasonable prices right around the corner so it's super convenient and we go to there all the time Mm -hmm. he took another date there yeah and then took another date there yeah and then took another date there and the thing was in we needed to then have a conversation about that because it wasn't sitting comfortably with me yeah
0: and, and that's shit you would never think of. Yeah. like say you're drafting a contract about okay, what are the you know rules? What are the guidelines? Mm-hmm. That is something that you would probably not think of. Yeah, what you cross your mind? Can uh... you take dates to our place, yeah. our restaurant place? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's like fair. our favorite restaurant,
1: and we call it ours, right? <laughs> yeah, so, why so would you? In my mind, I was like, really, why are you taking, like, other but, people like, that's, there, but that's, it's not something...
0: That's such a good point, because, yeah. like, from an outside view, that might seem petty, but it's like, no, that is... When you're divining yeah. your spaces...
1: Yeah.
0: Say for me, that makes perfect sense for me, because for mm. me, our condo is our place, right? Exactly. So our place might also extend to our favorite restaurant it might extend to you know what I mean like yeah it can extend to other places that you're divining as you're defining as yours
1: yes and that's and that's the another thing that is interesting about our situation right now is that we're not living together Mm -hmm. so we don't have a shared space so that
0: might uh, your restaurant then might have been that much more important to you
1: exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. because it's we were, have separate times now, and it's it's also navigating having that time apart from each other and recognizing that we're going to be with other people during that time apart. Because that's something that we've kind of struggled with um, that I think you kind of brought up, too, with kind of forcing relationships on metamores, mm-hmm. is that... We tend to, when we are together, we're together a lot and we're together in a lot of, like, group settings and group date settings and things with, with other partners. Like, if I'm going out to see a partner that is, like, well established in my life, I'm, like, most likely also inviting my fiance. Right, right, yeah, yeah, Like, especially if they know each other, I'm like, well, why can't we all hang out? Yeah. And then the issue that arises from that is it's not giving us our space to have these individual relationships separate of each other. and so. But that's what's becoming something else that we've been learning to navigate because it was actually a metamor that brought up, they're like, so do you need to always date each other's partners? Mm Because it's kind of raising a red (laughs) flag for me. And we're like, oh, we didn't even like... We didn't even think about that. like, yeah. And that's where it comes into kind of ethical non-monogamy that we're starting to learn about being each other's primary partners is looking out for each other's feelings, but also being very understanding of, you know, what's going on in other, the, people's, the lives. other people's lives as well and how yeah. they might be affected by our actions too. Yeah, for is, sure. is something that we're really... Attempting to take much more into consideration now And I think we're, we're very much stumbling through it Because we've never We both have experienced polyamory Not with anchor, primary, fiancé people partners yeah Yeah, whatever you want to call it yeah um we've been secondary or tertiary or just other people's partners solo poly or doing solo poly exactly
0: yeah
1: um yeah it's definitely
0: a whole different beast (laughs) yeah for sure
1: it's so it's very different to navigate because when i was first doing polyamory um you know i recognized i had partners that had primary partners i recognized what my position was in the relationship and that kind of came with a level of understanding that there was a lot of their relationship that i needed to respect at least that's kind of the the point of view that i have about it at least Mm -hmm. um And I think what I struggle with right now is seeing my partner with people that maybe don't have that level of respect for our relationship. Um, I see people that he's with that are absolutely excellent and I absolutely adore um, and I love hanging out with them or that they're just hanging out together, whatever the scenario is. But then there's other people that have crept into our life where I'm like, yeah. You know, and it raises those questions a little bit And I think that's, you know, some other conversation that happens in a polyamorous relationship as well Definitely. Maybe even a monogamous relationship when you're talking about friendships A friend, right? yeah, somebody
0: who's just a bad influence Or somebody mm-hmm. that, yeah, is, like, uh, toxic in some way and influencing yeah. you too You know, like, the the main relationship, whatever that yeah. looks like Yeah, that's a conversation, like... For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure <laughs> And it's an happen. interesting
1: one. It's because it, it, you, you don't want to make them feel that you're trying to take away from their experiences, but you're just, you have this level of concern from them and yeah. for your own relationship.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to u- upset the whole dynamic. No. Like, that's a thing to, you know, to be concerned about. Like, so I've had, yeah, I've had a couple, like, partners who... Are very stable in my life, and mm-hmm. same with Matt. Like, so we've got this very, like, kind of very perfect little spider web of, right. you know, of our poly tree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to have somebody come in that, like, you know, might upset the dy- the whole dynamic because one relationship here affects this one, affects this one, affects this one. Yeah. So it's like that's that's a legitimate concern if mm-hmm. you know you're not you get, you're, you're getting red flags about one of the people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for me, that's totally also been a thing where yeah. it's like, I know Matt does not like this guy. And it's like, it's not going to last long. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? For not by any fault of Matt's, but just for me, I'm like, no, this is bad. This is bad. Okay. I'll yeah. do it for like a week and then move on. <laughs> like, Yeah. Exactly. And he's not going to veto it for me, even though like, I don't know if I would if he would ever do that, or if that could be a thing he could do. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just, I knew that it wasn't great for the whole dynamic in general. So I was like, okay, you have to, yeah, you have more, more to worry about just rather than your selfish kind of desires or wants or needs or whatever
1: yeah and I think that whole like poly tree thing that you bring up is something that I've seen be pretty important in our relationship as well like the little polycule that we've created is filled with so many lovely people that we love and adore and respect and I think when someone comes from the outside of that and isn't really involved in your like tight-knit group of people that then it's sometimes a little bit harder to um
0: incorporate them yeah like
1: kind of welcome them in with open arms it's just like you you're you're on guard because for me it's that i have just this level of such a level of caring for my fiance that i don't want him to get hurt i don't want us to get hurt i don't want it to you know put a strain on our relationship um and there's just yeah there's just instances where you're trying to like Teach people like that's the other thing too is when you bring somebody into Polly, right? Who it hasn't previously been Polly before. So now
0: you're the kind of their mentor. Uh, That's a tricky one. It's a lot of emotional labor right there.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of time and energy. Yeah, and that and then it's also is that worth it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's because then and you're and I felt with somebody who I was introducing with Polly that I was kind of like. Forcing these scenarios on them because I liked them so much and I wanted to date them that it was like, well, but okay, now you have to be in Polly and you have to get to know my fiancé and you have to do this and that. And, it was, and they're like, like lo- whoa. Yeah, and it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can imagine. Like, that was not my, like, introduction <laughs> to Polly. Like, like, I did have to, you know, meet the other person's partner and that's another thing that we've, like, put in the contract oh, yeah. is that we, we've we strayed away from having to date each other's partners. Like, that doesn't have to be a yeah. thing for sure. But we do think that it's important that we meet.
0: That you do meet. That yeah.
1: we meet and that we're able to kind of, like, vet them in a way and okay. see who they are and, and feel comfortable that this is somebody that uh, my fiancé is going to be spending time with. Yeah. You know, so...
0: See, that's not a requirement for us at all.
1: Yeah, and so that's... And there you go, right? Like, two completely different ways of going about it. And that's just something that we've agreed on. There's other things where it's like, you know, he wants to have very spontaneous dates and I'd like to know about them in in advance.
0: I need to know, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so it's like, that one's tricky because do we completely take spontaneity off the table and limit ourselves? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the reasons why we got involved in polyamory is so that we weren't limiting ourselves as exactly. much. So then you start putting these guidelines in a relationship and then do you really call it poly anymore? That's at least one of the things that have, have kind of sparked up questions for me and my fiance of like, how how far do you go? And that, I think how much
0: gonna, in advance do you need yeah, to <laughs> tell really me now? Yeah, like yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So and, and are you for, okay
0: with telling later? Sometimes, like the right. odd time, if I'm in a spontaneous situation where I want to follow my heart or follow yeah. my dick or whatever.
1: Well, and cause can I not, and tell you
0: later? Is yeah. that is that an option? Sometimes? Especially because
1: he's not demisexual; he's very sexual. Sexual, like okay. he is like. Yeah sexual being like he is in polyamory to and
0: a twin it go, baby yeah. yeah
1: oh yeah to go to the sex clubs to sure. go to the sex parties like yep. all of that stuff and i'm happy to watch i am a very happy voyeur i i love like i think that's another th- part of polyamory is that compersion that you feel for your partner enjoying themselves and being happy you know whatever that looks on the spectrum from sexual to emotional, intimate to emotional yeah. intellectual right um Um, but that's where it's like, again, we're coming at it in Mm -hmm. completely different ways. Yeah. Um, and so, because I'm so much more picky with the people that I choose right now, what we're finding is that it's, it comes, it kind of comes across to me. Like he has this slew of partnerships that, and these great connections that he's making and I'm on the opposite end being like, you know, over here twiddling my thumbs being like, well, I haven't had a date in a month.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. You it's know. like balance. Yeah, you know, does it have to be balanced? Like you've got two partners, I've got two partners. You know, I've mm-hmm. got two dates this week. You've got two dates this week. Yeah. Do we have to go on dates at the same time? Like so that one <laughs> of us isn't sitting at home as he said, like twiddling our
1: thumbs. That's it. Yeah. Shit,
0: all this shit. Yeah. That you would never think of until you're doing until
1: it. it. It it arises and you're like,
0: oh. How fuck am I, I feel... gonna feel if he goes out and has a date and yeah. I'm at home alone?
1: not doing anything. And I'm like, well fuck. Yeah. 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 And that's how have I've I've felt on that side a lot recently, especially because I've had um, the unfortunate part of one of my when we didn't really get to the status of partnership, but we were very much talking about it. So I call him my partner now. But I had a partner pass away in December. Oh, and I'm so sorry. I've had to go through not only that heartbreak, but now a completely different way of navigating my relationship with my fiance, because it's, you know, it kind of, it really plays, like, a heavy hand in our relationship now, just because it's also so fresh and recent, so I think that that's, for people who have had any kind of loss, right, whether it's a breakup or a death, then, and you then have this partner who's not emotionally responsible, but, is feeling you know what you're going through in a really like profound way because um, you're so connected so when you go through that then it's like how do I balance my relationships Also so being emotionally available for the people for this person who just lost somebody yeah. right so that's been that's been a tricky one for us to navigate as well of yeah. just figuring that out
0: for us same thing it's like usually it by whatever coincidence It's like no one is in tragedy all at the same time Right So like okay you can go there Because I don't need you right now But they do And you know luckily yeah. it's like yeah, it, And the times where we've come up to Where we're all going through a thing at the same time It's like oh shit How do you figure she, that out Yeah she needs Matt but I need Matt And Matt needs yeah. to be wherever And it's like oh mm-hmm. my god Yeah so
1: Yeah and I think it also Interestingly enough, like, that kind of emotional aspect of a relationship plays a hu- huge part in um, our kind of fetish kink dynamic, because we both identify as daddies, we both mm-hmm. identify as littles, and we're bo- so we're both switch. And so we're mm-hmm. flip-flopping through this being nurturer and nurtured um, on, on a regular basis basis because we're yeah. we're going through the ebbs and flows of not only life but our different relationships sexually and, yeah, yeah.
0: In the in the dungeon
1: yeah all of it <laughs> yeah all of it amalgamated into one and it's so it's like i i see how we like flip-flop through those roles very easily yeah um because that's you that's just something within the sex positive community that I've like gone to a lot of talks about and like I'm very connected with now just like the daddy little community of like people understanding that level of like emotional connection you have with the other person and um just that like that level of nurturing that comes out of it and I think that's why I I am so much more dependent on my fiancé than I am with other people because we have that, like, very particular connection. Yeah,
0: yeah. and dynamic.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Where we're able to...
0: DGLG is intense.
1: It's so... Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. so intense because yeah. it it's just, like, it's a level of, like, you have Dependency. to... Dependency. Yeah, and you have to be so comfortable with that person to be able to, like even say things, like, in a certain way, like, vulnerable. yeah, you know, and it, just the, the dialogue that you use, right, I think, like, I know when we're in a level of, like, needing nurturing when that word daddy comes up. Like, I know, like, it's gone from, like, a normal day to, like, okay, like, let's get into it. We're gonna cuddle, we're gonna watch a movie, we're gonna, like, smoke and take a bath, like, it gets, and, and, and the conversation just continues around, you know, baby and daddy and calling each other these words and, and getting to just this level of, like, intimacy that when we're just going, going about our day. And it's, it's so much more part of our day now. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it it's now become like a constant in our life where it isn't just
0: in the bedroom or yeah, at, yeah, at the home, in home,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the crib. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's like, like, he will call me like, when we were traveling, he called me daddy in the airport. Like, called me, like, daddy as we were snowboarding, like, and it's, and it just, it, like, even me just talking about it right now, like, I can feel, like, my heart being, like, I can see
0: it so on your face, <laughs> I can see it on your
1: face, yes. Like, it's just, it, I love, like, I just really love that world, like, I'm, mm. I've done talks at Oasis, I'm gonna be doing, like, my fourth talk, uh, coming up in April, um, so, like, I've done, like, a I've had, a certain amount of experience about it, enough to like talk about it comfortably.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and I, and everyone in that community is just like. Oh. Oh, uh, I just, I love, I just love
0: them oh, Awesome, yeah. oh man, well I feel like I have to ca- uh, have you back at some point to yeah, talk about that I would love to definitely. Oh my god, I'd love to pick your brain about that yeah. However, right now, we're basically at time Oh, perfect, there you go <laughs> Oh man, um, so
1: do you know the date for that talk to tell people? It would be the first Wednesday of April Okay, it's perfect It's always the DDLG nights. So always the first Wednesday of every month
0: Great um, is there anything else that you want to tell people about? Like any of your social media or any other events? or?
1: Um, yeah, I'm doing um, a couple of like networking events in, in May um, that are just like private events but if you end up following my Instagram Kit underscore after each word sitwithkit? Yeah, so sit underscore with underscore kit underscore um, that just gives you like a little insight into like some inspirational like things that I like to, to post there but it's also a way to like contact me about holistics I do massage I am uh, coming up to be doing Reiki I do a lot of energy work crystal work um, so I am trying to be an entrepreneur yes. and have an up-and-coming business. So. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, that's
0: amazing. Um, let me see the things I need to tell you about. If if you are a Toronto resident or a GTA resident, we are doing the Bedpost Stage Show, which happens the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theater. Nice. Um, I want to direct you one more time to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. Same with on Instagram. I'm now the Bed post show since I got shut down and have restarted that account <laughs> Facebook is bedpost erotic on my email is the Post sex show at gmail.com um, always want to point you to the lovely other podcasts on the sonar network and I always want to give a huge thank you to Stephanie Copeland who does all the original music for my podcast so you can find out more about her at Copeland music.com lastly I want to give a huge huge thank you to you Kit thank you so thank much you. for being so candid and open and lovely oh, well
1: it was like it was such a pleasure to be in your presence is an
0: honor oh so my god thank you Shush. <laughs> too much right back at you. Oh, well, thank you oh my god and thank you everyone who's been listening and watching we will see you next
2: week bye this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar